this episode is the furthest, no further. Hey, that's a Picard <laughs> thing. Wait, you, that's, you did a thing. I did a thing. You did a thing. Do you have I, any idea what that's from? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 6122.62.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she once drew a smiley face in the exhaust cloud of a warp core breach. It's Ambassador Danae. Well, to be fair, it started mm. with drawing the penis. <laughs> and then and then I realized it was inappropriate, mm-hmm. so I just <laughs> Made it one big eyeball, you know, and then it was a huge smiley face. What did the shaft become? It was just like I just blurred it out. It just, you know, I just erased it essentially. Why wouldn't you turn that into the tongue? Oh, man. You could have made like the nose. Right. And then tongue right. and then eyes above it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I do with most of the cocks that I draw. <laughs> you draw a lot of fucking dicks. That's what you what do. I, what do I draw a dick on? You really annoyed You've at me. You've drawn a dick on everything. There's moments <laughs> whenever, like you, when you were in my office, you just grabbed this piece of is paper. An document. <laughs> and and you're like, can I have a pen? Sure. And I hand a pen to you. <laughs> and I look over, and you're just very like intensely doing something. And I all of a sudden now now I know now I know mm-hmm. the dicks. face that you make whenever you're doing something shenanigansy. <laughs> Just a kind of half grin. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You turn away from mm-hmm. me and you just start, you know, and I can feel your smirk like in the atmosphere. <laughs> Damn it, Ian. Why are you chuckling so much? Like, that is Iris's <laughs> drawing book. Quit it. <laughs> oh, that is my daughter's birth certificate. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, the dicks. Oh, my God. Amazing. Well, I mean, that episode we actually watched, that was in Genesis. No, I'm sorry. Not. What segue no. are you going off of here? No, they're drawing the smiley face in the cloud. It's not cool. in Genesis. It's in. Did we watch Timescape? With the fr- so the Enterprise and the Romulan ship are frozen in space, and there's like time pockets everywhere, and they have to go yeah. onto the ship, and everyone's frozen in place, and they have like the bands around their the the bands around their arms that give them a little pocket of environment so that they can walk around. I the don't ship. think so. I don't know. I no, don't the one think- that we we did watch one with the Romulans, but that was where Picard like they sent. They were they were in some sort of time warp situation and they they couldn't break out of it and they sent the information to the Romulan ship so that they could break out of it. Yeah, that's the one that I'm talking about. Ah, I don't remember the armband. <laughs> <laughs> but he draws like the warp cores exploded and he draws a smiley face in the cloud and that's how they know he's gone insane. I don't remember that part and I feel like oh I would. Kidding, really? I feel like okay. I would. So there that's was a, there so was another strange. episode though where they think that the Romulan ship is going to fire on them. Contagion. Yes, I watched Contagion. Contagion. With the, yes, the, the de-evolution, um, <laughs> right? Was that de-evolution? No, no that's no. Genesis. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Which one was Contagion? What, what, what was right. the- Contagion is one of the Iconians, and they have like the, the gateway oh, that yeah! they can walk through. Yes, and that's the Picard one. And Picard has to walk yes. through, ends up on the Romulan yes. ship, and Riker's like, should it become necessary to fight the Romulans? Could somebody please arrange me some sticks to throw at them? Because the shields keep going up and down. That's the one. Genesis is the one. Genesis is the one where they de-evolve and they come back to the ship, and everyone is like, Riker's a Neanderthal, Worf is Worf a monster, is and Barkley is a spider, and Deanna is a fish, <laughs> and a Beverly's just dead. Beverly, a frog. Beverly, and yeah, 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 and Spot is yeah. an iguana. <laughs> 
Ross fires in the corner. <laughs> uh, right, none of which are the episodes we're hi, talking hi, about today. Yes, let's stay focused, hi, everyone. Let's stay focused. We're doing a show. So, um, today we are continuing our theme and continuing our data back catalogue storying with Ship in a Bottle, Season 6, Episode 12. Another, another one of, like, I keep saying they're in my top 10. All of these episodes are in my top 10 when I watch them because I love them so much. So, Ship in a Bottle, no other instincts. What do you think is happening in this week's episode based on the title? Ship in a bottle. 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 Well, I think they're going to be trapped because the ship in a bottle can't go anywhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're going to be stuck somewhere and they're going to have to figure out how to move outside of it. That's the only real prediction I know. Also, there might be mm. a captain involved. I could. I could. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well. I can. I'm going to confidently say you are correct on all fronts. Well done. <laughs> do you want me to get? Like, we don't really need to do the episode oddly now. specific. Like, like, do you want me to try to use my powers? Specific, yeah. Give me one oddly specific thing. We should do this every week. Okay, hold on. Uh huh. Manifest. Shush. Oh, sorry. I'm. I'm going to cover my face because I don't want to give away if it's right or not. <laughs> no, I'm no, no. You should tell me. You should the... tell me if I'm right. Okay. 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 I'll poke face. See if you can guess. Okay. Okay. So. I don't know the names of them, but I'm going to say Jeffrey's Tube. They're not. Yeah, Jeffrey's Tube. They're not yes. the ones that run lateral all the time. Sometimes they run up and down as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All so of that. That network is Jeffrey's Tube. Someone, tubings. someone's trying yeah. to get through a Jeffrey's Tube in this episode. <laughs> like Ian, I'm, I'm just playing for the, through the, episode for the podcast my, listeners yeah. at home that don't get to see Ian. Ian has tilted his head almost all the way to the left. <laughs> this and is his, my playback stance. He's got, his, he's got his playback face on. His eyes Accessing. are up onto the ceiling and he's Accessing. just, he's just yeah, scanning Accessing. his brain. And he's got this little smile, this little Star Trek smile on his face as he's replaying this entire episode. I don't think so. God damn it. This would have been a good episode for that to happen for that. though. I know. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good, that's a good like kind of psychic <sighs> prediction because it's, it has the chance of being specific, but it happens a lot. So you could look like an absolute genius just because it's something that happens. Okay, a lot, well, here's but... what my imagination saw. So mm-hmm. I was, I saw a ship, and then I was seeing I mean, like good. the starship sort of overlaid with a like the old ships on the sea, and mm-hmm. there was a rope mm-hmm. that was going from somewhere up above down the Jeffrey's tube, and someone slid down the rope in the oh, Jeffrey's tube, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe they go down there. <laughs> that's what I saw in my imagination. <laughs> that's beautiful. I want to see more rope on the Enterprise. I didn't <laughs> say the rope because so I thought that maybe rope. there was something, but maybe there is a rope in here. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, we're going to find out. With that, let's head to the holodeck, and we will see you in 10 forward. To the beam out. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator, not a crumpet, and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what would you like, Ambassador? You can't order an entire another ship. <laughs> I'd like a holodeck, please. <laughs> yeah, you want a holodeck? I want a new star to be born out of two gas giants. On a replicator? Yes. Just like a mini version. It's just it's in like a loop and they just collide, make a sun, then turn back into two planets, collide, make a sun. It's just it's on a it's on a loop. I feel like we just need to go back a bit. You know, we need to kind of like circle back a little bit. We started off with just a simple drink, a beverage out of a replicator, and now we're asking mm-hmm. for stars to be born and entire um holodecks Holographic to be created. Stars. It's uh-huh. I think we need to have some restrictions, is what I'm saying. You're saying we need to go back to our roots. We we've mm-hmm. gone too far. Too now. far. This this uh, this episode 
is the uh-huh. furthest, no further. Hey, that's a Picard this, thing. Wait, you, this, you did a thing. I did a thing. You did a thing. I, Do you have any idea what that's from? I have no fucking clue, but it's, I just, <laughs> all of a sudden, I just I'm felt so Picard, proud. you know, like, looking over me. No the further. Picard flow through you. This far, no, no further. further. That's right. Oh my God, you will lose, your, I'm not going to tell you when that happens. You'll just lose your shit <laughs> when, when the speech happens and it ends with that. You're like, fuck yeah, get it, Picard. It's so good. Oh, mm. so, so good. Mm. Right, okay. This week, my goodness, people, we're doing um, season six, episode 12, Ship in a Bottle. Um, Did you just say shit the, in a bottle? Yeah, shit in a bottle. <laughs> cool. That, that's, it's a, I'm amazed it got past the censors in 1993. Star Trek TNG, shit in a bottle. Um, no, this is the opposite of shit in a bottle. This is one of the most fantastic things in a bottle that I have ever, ever, ever watched. Um, the... Um, crew of the Enterprise is put at risk when an old friend reappears on the holodeck when Barclay accidentally we are reawakens reawakens we awake. the hologram are we awake are we awake are we awake are we awake um, in the form of Moriarty. Um, shenanigans ensue when Moriarty takes control of the ship and threatens to pull or allow the ship to be pulled into the wake of a forming star should they not bring his lady friend, the Countess, into the real world as he has done for himself. Ambassador! Thoughts and feelings on this episode, he says, having watched the episode with you and knowing your <laughs> thoughts and feelings already. <laughs> I don't think I've gushed about an episode during the watching of the episode quite like this uh-huh. one. I don't know how is that is that accurate? Do you think? Because we've watched all these oh, together. 100%. Totally. This is. I was giddy the like from moment one when he steps off the holodeck. Uh, no, before that, you saw the thumbnail and it had Moriarty. I, and I wasn't like, sure. Is that fucking Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I was sure. Like, yeah, mm, we'll see. We'll see. Then he steps off the holodeck. You lose it. I lost my the shit. Reveals happen. You lose it. So we'll put all of that in the outtakes after the show. You'll have <laughs> clips of of Danae just losing her shit during. But you you loved this so much; it made me so happy. Yeah, what this, a great episode. This is a really fun um, episode. I, I didn't I didn't understand what I was in for, and then as it started to reveal itself, and then it still surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard and Moriarty together talking. Uh, is just delightful so yeah Mm -hmm. this episode had just about everything that i would want an episode of star trek to have and i was really i was really excited to watch it those are my general thoughts and feelings Mm. i think it's one of the most rewatchable episodes like you'll you could rewatch this right now and re-watch it differently because the reveals change how you watch it the first time round because I could see Danae making notes, and I'm just like, you're going to want to ease up on that. I, guarantee <laughs> I had questions. I was spinning. like, how, Wait a minute. how is this working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of those episodes, and this happens a lot Some, you know, in, in shows where as you're watching it and your sin brain kicks off, you mm-hmm. end up by the end of the movie or the episode uh, having to go back and completely just delete sins or try to figure yeah. out a different way to go about the the sin of that moment based on new knowledge. Um, Ian, you've actually recently experienced something pretty complicated with a Rick and Morty episode mm, where yeah. you created a time travel uh, video because the episode itself was like so uh, 
complicated and, and undoing your sins as you went that you had to find a clever way to keep them in and keep your point to a certain degree. And so he came up with this time travel sort of moment. And if you haven't watched that episode yet, please do. It's really, really brilliant. There's a little portal that pops up and then like future Aaron <laughs> travels back in time to past Aaron to try to figure out how to send this particular like complex um, uh, thing that Rick and Morty did. It was a brilliant episode of Rick and Morty. We really enjoyed that. This had that same oh, so vibe, didn't it? Where mm. until you see the very, very end, you really don't know what you're watching. Uh, and I love being, I love being surprised. <sighs> Shows and movies that are textbook cliches, that just do the bare minimum, they're on life support as far as writing is concerned. It's just mm-hmm. like the monotonous tone, beep, beep, of like just, I hate it so much. So to be delighted is really exciting. Oh, so I really, really love absolutely. this episode. It's, and it's season six. Like this is the back end of TNG. And like it could, you'd be, you could criticize it for pulling on an old episode to like do a callback or something. But this is better than part one for me. This is one of the best episodes of TNG because it does, it combines two things. It, it does Trapped in a Holodeck and then it does the callback to another season. And it's like, really, you're leaning on two pretty tired things that have been done a lot already. And it makes the best Trapped in a Holodeck episode I've ever watched. It's my favorite. And it's the best callback to like another episode for me it's so so clever um well it's a great it's a great um character too like moriarty and the actor and everything we talked about this last time is so good and so seeing i i I don't want to like we're breaking it down into its pieces a little bit too but that that scene Mm. of captain picard talking to moriarty in 10 (sighs) forward i got chills a couple times and it's not because i'm not feeling well you know it's not a fever It's not a fever that's no. like going up and down. Mm-mm. No, it, this one I'm, came I'm, from the good parts, not the bad parts. I made this note that it's just, it's not a long Picard speech, but it's one of my favourites. When he's just talking about, think about what you're asking us to do, Moriarty. Like, so he's pleading that, he's he's proved that he's a physical being, he's walked off the holodeck, and now he doesn't want to experience life alone. He wants his partner, he wants his companion, the Countess Bartholomew, to join him. And he's pleading with Picard to say, I'm I'm alive, I'm real. Let's do the same for the Countess. Let's say the same line to the computer and make me a companion. And Picard is just like, I understand, but we didn't mean to create Now you. we have an ethical situation. Now Exactly. We, and you you yeah. want me to deliberately do it again, what we once did as an accident. And just his like the energy he puts behind, just like the moral implica- implications are staggering. Just only Patrick Stewart can deliver a line like that. But, it's but- Put that right Great against Moriarty, who comes right back with his own really well thought. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just such a. I I, I couldn't. I couldn't even find. Plea. Yes. Yeah. And I also love that it's like old English. You know, because Moriarty is this mm. character from. Yeah. You know, material that was written so long ago. So you've got this character that was accidentally brought to life inside the holodeck, mm. and so the verbiage that he's using to describe everything that he's seeing on the starship <laughs> i recognize policemen in any century mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's just so fascinating and then to discover that he's faking his surprise the entire time because he already knows oh, he's man. on a starship it just Ugh. everything elevates after the reveal that picard and data and sidekick barkley have been trapped in the holodeck <laughs> the entire episode and we're tricked as an audience thinking that there's these solutions happening. It was just, 
it was brilliant work. It's beautiful. It's written well. It's designed well. Uh, and it, it wasn't too it, like it wasn't too much. It, at no point was it like okay, I'm kind of tired of hearing you know the techno babble. Like there was one moment where I was mm-hmm. like, and now we enter the techno babble portion of the program. You know. <laughs> my note was i'm not kidding i love the transporter techno babble in this episode <laughs> because you've got barclay holographic geordie and data talking about like well the transporters work like this so this could work but i don't see how i love them problem solving together and i mm-hmm. think I, I think they had the perfect amount of time on it in this episode yeah 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 it was a delight to watch i i'm really i I like as a person who not knowing what I was about to see it, this mm. in, this one in particular I feels like you were building to it. It feels like yeah. the last 3 episodes of this podcast where we're wa- we're doing like this um character study on data essentially has kind of been building to almost this episode which wasn't really a data episode. It kind of was. No, not so much. But and maybe that's kind of why I liked it. I was expecting another data episode, and data was certainly important in this one. He figures out the problem from the very beginning and everything. But like, um, yeah, this was de- this this was more <laughs> of that like one two punch of the two parter, even though technically it wasn't a two parter. I think that this episode could possibly even stand alone if you never saw part one, because they just they do just enough explanation that an intelligent person watching is going to go, oh, this is a holodeck thing that was created and. Um, and everyone who watches Star Trek, the moment that that holodeck character steps off of the holodeck into the <laughs> ship, which is never supposed to happen, um, they would be like, what the absolute fuck? Who is this? And if you never go back and see episode previous, you know, mm. by the end of this particular one, um, the ship in a bottle, you realize that he he didn't actually, you know, leave the holodeck. It was all a ruse. So he was tricking Picard and he was tricking he was tricking them from the very, very beginning. All from he needed was them to set one. his trap. And he just set this beautiful little trap for them to try to this, figure out how ugh. to get him off of the holodeck for real. Oh, God, this episode's so fucking good. It's there so good. There are so, so many layers to this. Because it's so good. the second they walk onto the holodeck, the amount of things that he has to do. So the first thing is the book that Picard throws off of the holodeck. Yeah. He has to make sure that book acts like a hologram inside the holodeck, even though it's being thrown into a holographic uh-huh. corridor, their com badges are immediately tied in. And the whole part of the plan is to trick them into, like, there could be an argument that he doesn't care about the Countess. Like, he's tricking them into working on how to get the Countess into the real world so that he can relay that information into the actual real world to get him and the Countess into the real it's world. It's so good. It's so clever. And it's all because he doesn't trust them. He could have bargained with Picard and Riker and said, I, I I need you to work on this problem. But I don't want to be stuck need- in the holodeck anymore, guys. I yeah. want to be free. But he's already tried that, and they just put him in archive for however long. Mm-hmm. So not only does he come up with a plan on how to do that, but he has to get them over, over his knees somehow. So how do I trick Picard into giving me his command code as well? Well, I need to make oh. him think that I've already got control <laughs> of the ship so that he tries to unlock it. That's another really that fun moment, moment. When all <sighs> the dominoes fall. Uh-huh. Oh. There's this... There's this moment in this episode between Data and Picard. So Data figures out that they've been in a holodeck the entire time and he, and he's mm. talking to Picard and he's like, "Listen, this we're we're speaking to Geordi, but that's not really Geordi. This is <laughs> a holodeck Geordi." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's completely blank. Yeah, this is a this is a different Geordi. Um 
And so Picard's like, you know, dismiss Jordy. And so the fake Jordy walks walks away and the real Picard turns to real data inside the holodeck the whole time and says, I've just given the computer my override codes. (laughs) And data just just says super straight. He's like, well, that how did he how did he word it? <laughs> you may have inadvertently given Moriarty <laughs> control of the Enterprise. Because <laughs> the like, whole oh, ship. <laughs> I fucked up. Oh no. That like the way that's delivered, it's it could so, have been it's really, so really deadpan. dramatic. No. <laughs> like Picard just like I may, I may have just oops. I just gave Moriarty the command of the entire ship, didn't I? And it's like, yes, I you did. <laughs> yes. A big boom. That's, that's exactly it's what you said. <laughs> so, the timing on that is so, so, it was so, so good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. So, this this hits like this, the inadvert, like, there's this humor that's with it. There's mystery. Mm. There's uh, something unexpected. Barkley is really delightful to watch. Of course, I've already gushed about Picard and Moriarty, but then we also have this mm. new character, the Countess, who is just a delight to me. Oh, my goodness. She is incredible. Stephanie Beecham, who, from what I can see on IM, MDB did not get enough of a career. Um, she did a lot of TV shows. Um, sounds like she was big in Dynasty, um, but just didn't propel or take off. And there's loads of reasons. So like maybe that was her choice. But she is incredible in this episode. She is so captivating. Oh, she was captivating. You know uh-huh. yeah. that Picard is going back to the holodeck for some funky time no! with a holographic oh, recreation of the Countess. No, he's not that Hell way, yeah. is he? Oh, yeah, he yeah, is. He is. Yeah, he Come is. on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah, is. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. There was that, <laughs> there, they had like a little bit of a, char- like he definitely was trying to charm her, but she was super witty and intelligent and- I can see that you are a woman of sagacity and guile. And good breeding. Good but breeding, But that's why he's he talking said. to somebody in the mm-hmm. 1800s. He did, yes. He's very clever to adapt himself to that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I also, oh, I also so enjoyed great. kind of the way that Moriarty inside the trap uh, reveals to- his little mice and his little his, his little game mm. um that she's real so you know <laughs> Barkley's just like, Barkley's like you should you know that you're on a starship and she's like of course i do i've been told everything and it was just this delightful thing where at that moment i did not know uh-huh. that we were in a trap so i was yeah. like wow so moriarty is super super powerful he's brought another he's he he brought the arch out he said the magical mm-hmm. words there is a brand new life form that's been created and Barkley is the representation of that person who's trying to get their job done, but also completely <laughs> mind blown yeah. in an entertaining way. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was and that's grinning. him all over. Barkley is so great at, at delivering that. Uh, Dwight yeah. Schultz is so great at doing Barkley. <laughs> and he's so like, I knew Dwight Schultz from the A-team. He plays um, um, uh, Mad Dog in it. And he's just like, he's unhinged in the A-team. So to see, see him as this really nervous, Yeah, like a nerdy sort person of. Is, it's so great. And he has a great arc in uh, Voyager as well. Um, yeah, love, love Dwight Schultz. So it, it's a really perfect balance in this episode because you have some really strong leads. You've got Moriarty, mm-hmm. a strong lead, and you've got the Countess, a strong lead, and you've got, um, obviously, Picard, the strong lead. So if you had Barkley being that over-the-top sort of engineer character that's not sort of muted or meek, I don't think it would have felt the same because he was confident in what he was doing, but mm. in a, like, timid way. And I really like the way he plays this character a lot. And this is, I think, my first time to really have an episode with Barkley at the forefront. When he's not a spider. <laughs> Yeah, he turned into when the he's spider. Not into his, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Scared the crap out of Picard. 
Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. He, we could do an entire arc of Barkley episode. There's not episodes. There's not that many of them. Yeah, like a um, little, a little series, a little character study on Barkley. The reason I loved him growing up, I thought up it was Barkley, was but it's Barclay. Barclay. Okay. Yeah, but Lieutenant Barclay. Okay. Um, Reg. We. That's yeah, so Reg. When I, was, I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm like, when, when? When are we just going by Reg? What are we? Right, Reg. <laughs> Just are we going Jord for Jordy now? Reggie, like <laughs> Jordy? <laughs> hey Jord. Da? But no, no. Um no, growing up he was he was always one of my favourites because I was always aware that Star Trek had the sheen of especially TNG had the sheen of being perfect. So all of the crew members are top of their game, they're the best of the best. Reginald Barkley comes in and he just has not got his shit together at any point. But he knows what he's on about. He just hasn't got the confidence to deliver it. So mm. it just showed me that there was a place on the flagship for People that weren't great public speakers and weren't necessarily great leaders, but right. they're specialists in their field. They're good at what they do. And there's room for them on the bridge and in a big position. So, yeah, I, I always loved him for that. There was an episode recently um, where Beverly took over command of the ship uh, when when it was the episode where the the part two of, I think, data lore. No, I think maybe it was actually the whole the data lore thing where there was the Borg and Hugh That's showed descent. up. Okay, Descent. Okay. So in that episode, the person, I can't remember her name. She came onto the bridge with Beverly and ended up like having magically studied the sun. Do you remember that mm. character? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Tate. Tate. Was she mm-hmm. in this episode? Because there was a moment no. on uh, when engineering was saying, we're going to be observing this two planets merging together. And I want to have like mm. a triple something run triple on redundancy all of our- <laughs> on the scanners yeah listen triple redundancy sounds horrible by the way like <laughs> god that gave me a triple bypass no no just the redundant being redundant is already annoying but then triple redundancy <laughs> just sounds like a fucking nightmare triply redundant yeah. god damn okay so there's like this little team assembled and he has uh he specifies that there's multiple engineers in charge in that moment and one of them mm. looked like tate to me it was just like oh, this real quick moment where I looked at her and I was like, is that Tate? Because she was sort of... Interesting. Yeah. So there's a possibility that it's the same actor, but Tate wouldn't be on the ship yet because she'd only been on the ship for six weeks. So this is way, way, way oh, too, this is before too early. Okay. This we're, is before Descent. Yeah. We're watching things out of order. This is probably, yeah, this is probably okay. six months before Descent happens. Oh, if only I was paying attention to what seasons we were in, but instead I'm just yeah, watching sorry. this to watch it. That's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Just watching it and enjoying it. How dare you? Um, the, the last beautiful thing about, um, well, there's many beautiful things about Barkley, but the last thing for this episode is just how like, how he meets Moriarty, just accidentally turns him back on. And <laughs> yeah. he's just like, you, you are know what you, you are. You're not supposed to be here. You shouldn't know that. You know who the captain is. And Moriarty's just like, yeah, can we move along? Like, keep up, keep up, my friend. Um, it's just a great way to give us a little brief primer on what happened in the mm-hmm. previous episode. Because yeah. it had been four years. Like the, uh, One of the great reasons they don't do a lot of callbacks is because this is four years between episodes. We don't really have VHS or VHS players. We definitely didn't have DVD. You might have been lucky to catch it on a rerun. But there's no guarantee that you've seen this episode yeah. any kind of recently. Um, so the fact that they pull this off is is genius. Yeah. Um, there's ex- exposition is always something that we send, you know, as we're watching shows. Oh, yeah. Um, But I felt like even if we decided to send the exposition because we that's kind of one of our textbook things that we do. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like this was over the top exposition. It wasn't 
a really annoying no, thing. It really wasn't. It's context that we kind of need, <laughs> especially yeah, because uh-huh. it's not part one, part two. If it's a part one, part two, and they run a previously on, those are really, really annoying because it's like, well, yeah, we just saw that. Yeah, we but, get it. We're on a series. This is a mm-hmm. season-long arc. I don't, I don't need that. But this seems to be an unexpected moment when they bring back a character um, and give it an end without telling you that it's a part two, which is so, so I love that they did that. I love that. It's, it's so brave. It is, it is a beautiful, beautiful ending. Like what a great resolution that they get like Moriarty is never going to be satisfied until he can leave the holodeck. There's a good chance that is just impossible. It just, it cannot happen. So give him exactly what he wants and give him an endless supply of programming. Now mm. that they know that he's conscious, like, and that is a terrifying Ooh, thought that I, uh-huh. during the four years, he's had blips of consciousness. And Picard's just like, that's really worrying to me. I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. Did not know that was going to be a thing, mm-hmm. that you were going to be in the void for four years, like just limbless. Apart, and just just ugh, existing in many terri- parts. Always remember yep. growing up, that terrified me. That line when the he's pattern a brief, buffer. Yeah, brief terrifying moments of consciousness, disembodied. I was like, Ugh! oh no, Moriarty, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that sucks. I do but have it's sins. It's a beautiful, non-violent resolution. Mm. It is, but I think it's sinful. And can I just say, to transition mm-hmm. into the sins, if it's okay with you, unless you had something else major. I do have a couple other things. Um, <gasps> I, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, overall, the reason that Moriarty, one of the reasons that Moriarty is such a great bad guy is his motivations are believable. His motivation is to live and to exist, and in this episode, to have his partner. He has no trust that the crew isn't just going to put him in the archives for four years, because there's no priority on making this real. So he has to go to extreme lengths, but he just wants to exist. And at the end of it, there's no double cross. There's no, ha-ha, you're all going to get blown up anyway. He just goes off into the sunset and goes on an adventure with his partner. Like, I... It's why he's such a great bad guy to relate to. Yeah, he's doing bad stuff, but I totally fucking get why. Yeah, if he doesn't I trust hologram, him. I wouldn't trust him. I would him. probably be doing the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great bad guy storytelling. I absolutely love it. It's motivation you can believe and you can relate to. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And this was earlier on in the episode, but the I remember the moment when Moriarty steps off of the holodeck. The first time I watched it, I was under the age of 10 and I, I understood how bonkers that was. And every time I watched it, it still shocked me. Even though I know what's happening, I am there with the characters. Because he's just like, I think, therefore I am. It was he's, so he knows, good. He knows he's he knows. on a holodeck. He and knows he he's delivers just bullshitting. That as if he's just, like, become real. Like, he sells it to everyone, including the audience. It's, it is such a well-written, so well-panned-out episode. It's so good. This is a more understandable version of Inception. Like, I would yeah. watch this before watching the movie Inception, just as a primer <laughs> as a to primer. understand how, how many, like, layers there are in this. It's mm-hmm. so, so clever. And I never felt, I never felt lost. No, I didn't either. It was, it was super fun to be shocked. And yeah. when you watch it knowing that it is a twist, uh, which I will do mm. again someday, I'm sure Absolutely. it'll be just, I'm sure it'll be exhilarating, but there is nothing that beats the first time <laughs> Right, that you do that you watch this episode. You're just like, holy fuck, what's going on? And <laughs> he's got off the the holiday. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and this it's man, oh, it's so good. T- so this is something I genuinely only noticed on this watch through of the episode. TNG realizes it's a TV show. So at the very very end, Picard says, um, 
or Barkley is like, well, they'll just have their own program. And Picard says, well, who knows? Maybe we're just a program running on someone else's desk. That and was I'm like, so fucking cool. Oh, shit. Is he looking at me? <laughs> is he looking directly Don't at me? Don't break the fourth wall. Because it, we're, we're watching him on our desk. Like, that is the only time I remember Star Trek breaking the fourth wall. Everyone correct me if but I'm wrong. But it's not looking directly in the camera. Fourth, yeah, he didn't, like, do the thing. It's not. It's just a wink but and a nod. Yeah. It's beautiful that it's the so characters good. are pondering the fact that they might not be real, knowing that, oh, I don't it's, know. A, oh I, it's so good. I think this so might good. be my favorite episode so far. I That was my prediction. Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, I it's really beautifully loved made. it. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. But um, can we get to the Sims just, now? One time, one time, one time. Barclay's ah! final, like, computer and program is something I still do to this day. If I'm alone somewhere, <laughs> something weird happens, I'm like, computer and program? Like, just in case. Just in case this oh, is that's a simulation. Funny. And that's there's a funny. glitch. It's so, my dad will do it if there's, like, a coincidence. All right, we're just going to take, like, a quick, like, we're not going to take the full break. But we'll just start the little countdown. Everybody, just please take a moment um, and just check in with your reality. Are we all still here? Oh, I'm not. I left. I've been replaced with a simulation. Um, we were already in in a holodeck. Um, oh. And last last final positive. Oh thing. my god! I do oh my god! Love the beautiful Ian, backdrop Ian. of the two gas giants that are coming together. I love that. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Okay, battle stations, everyone. No, no, I'm not. What? Do- <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> Try to talk. Warning: warp core collapse in ten seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that we could be in a holodeck, and that no TV show is without sin. Ambassador, I no, I'm not kidding. I genuinely have so few for this. You'd better go first. <laughs> I don't have much to talk about. I love, love this episode. Well, like we talked about, this episode's confusing because the things that you have questions about undo themselves. So as I uh-huh. go through my sins, I'm pretty sure they're just going to be like disintegrating in front <laughs> of me. You'll have one at the end. Just like a book being thrown out of the holodeck. It's just going to completely fall apart. <laughs> But I do think that there's part of me that can't let go. And I'm going to think about it for a while. Again, we just mm-hmm, watched the mm-hmm. episode and we immediately yeah. record. I really don't have a lot of time to process. But I really feel like Moriarty would figure out he's in a simulation. I think that there is a moment that... Oh, you that, mean before he gets in the shuttlecraft? I, I, I think... So there's something about just the desire to have a solution. It, it happens so quickly. I feel like Moriarty would have been really, really sure somehow and mm, ha- having fail safes in yeah, place having complete control of the entire ship it seems like it would be a really quick check-in to say where am i just to say mm. a- and and the computer would tell him that he was still on a holodeck i feel like instead of just believing these people that he already ha- is suspicious of mm. I-, I i think he probably would have had a couple more questions before just jumping on a shuttlecraft and, and flying away However, mm-hmm. I know sometimes you just want to believe so badly and you're happy that you're kind of willing to just ignore some red flags. So, but it's some, and maybe he's happy. Maybe this is just what he wants is to exist mm. outside of the limitations of where he is. But the creativity of the, so it, I guess for those of you that hasn't, haven't watched this, Picard creates a holodeck inside of the fake holodeck, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so when he traps Moriarty inside that holodeck, when the show uh, when the show ends, they take out the little 
computer program from the ship and they stick it into a big battery. And Moriarty lives inside of this computer piece now. And mm-hmm. it's running the simulations of him and his love exploring the world, uh, exploring space, exploring different planets as much as they possibly know how to do. And I just don't believe, I guess part of me doesn't believe that he's not going to either have been able to question it before he got onto the shuttlecraft, the fake shuttlecraft, and go out into fake space. Yeah. (laughs) That, and I feel like at some point, he is going to figure out that he is still in a simulation. Although now, technically in the real world, he exists in a big battery pack. Mm -hmm. And I just want there to be an episode of Star Trek at some point that brings back Moriarty having realized. Now, I know we don't have the same probably actor that can do it because of like he wouldn't be aging um, and obviously the real actor's age. And I really wouldn't want to see anyone else play this character. And what a great send off to this character. So maybe an animated series or something that would try to give this some life. Maybe Lower Decks does it. Lower Decks does it. You know Lower Decks would do that shit. You know they would do it. Um, I've I've thought exactly the same thing that moriarty this shouldn't be the end of moriarty like he should figure this shit out and be fucking furious like he although it's indistinguishable from reality he would not like to be tricked he's so intelligent that any our definition definition of what's real and what is fake is so up for debate but he would feel cheated he would feel so screwed out of a real adventure um and i think some he would like hit a brick wall or like the way that the people were acting wouldn't be consistent or he'd find like repeated storylines at some yeah, point. He would start like sinning his own life. It, there is a limitation like, I feel to like Holodeck. Out. Yeah, I yeah, do too. Holodecks have limitations. That would happen. Um, I've always thought that. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I feel totally like there's agree. a sin there somehow. Like, but, but, but you know what? TNG consistently does this thing where in the last, you know, five minutes of the show, it's just accept oh, it and end real. it. It's accept and end, yeah. accept and end. And they really just clip by really uh-huh. quickly with guys just believe what we're saying and we're ending the mm-hmm. show and here's the happy note. And I don't mind that to a certain degree, but with Moriarty, I love that they gave him a happy ending and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, now they can live happily ever after exploring space. Um, and that And that's fine. I think it's a fine way to end it. But I feel like somehow that battery pack first of all, should be in Picard's storage unit in the show Picard. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Like, yes. You know, that should have been on like a shelf somewhere. A hundred percent. That Or it needs to be in a high security space. And <laughs> when, yep. In, oh, in, in the room on lower decks that uh, has yeah, all yeah, of the, yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. All the little all the little robot guys, one of them Franchi should teams be up with Moriarty. 100%. <laughs> that needs to yes. happen. Moriarty needs to interface with the next computer system and then overtake some of these I don't know. Oh, beautiful. It doesn't need yeah. to end anyway. So that's that's yeah. probably one no, of I, I totally probably agree. my, my I, only big sin really, honestly. I could argue it either way because love can make you do some silly things it can make you act rashly it can make you act with a false confidence combine that with the time limit of like Riker is saying like we have 25 minutes left until the ship has blown up all of the parameters are there for Moriarty to want to believe he gets exactly what he wants and yeah maybe given more time he would have questioned it because the technology just suddenly happening to work even like Moriarty I would be well if you figured this out in an hour how the fuck were you saying it was going to take years? Like, this should have been harder, I agree. But a time limit compared to this golden platter of 
shit that he exactly wants and it all working and happening and being self-confident mm-hmm. and he is he's he's like Holmes he's arrogant mm-hmm. so he is so convinced that he has this all tied up in a neat bow yeah um I I buy it but I don't buy the longevity of it I'm with mm-hmm. you he would eventually yeah. figure it out oh, yeah. um yeah oh my god that's torture um my biggest sin and I'm sure there's an explanation somewhere for it mm-hmm. is the perfection of Moriarty simulation he doesn't uh. just recreate the enterprise he populates it he has people going about their jobs Riker, Worf, all of the people he hasn't interacted with and only has like computer biographies I guess and a template he recreates like I get the internal of the ship would be easy to recreate that's fine but the people populating it would be strange like he has to know like the duty shifts have to line up especially you've got to trick data who should know, in theory, where everyone is or where everyone should be at any point on the ship. With shift rotations, who's doing what duties. Like, I would have loved it if they'd have bumped into somebody and was just like, they left the ship a week ago. Yeah. Why, why are they still here? Um, it should have... The, the reality should have crumbled down, maybe not for Picard, but probably for Picard, but definitely for Data. It shouldn't have taken the transporter log, plus Geordie being left-handed, to figure this out it should have been mm-hmm. man that the, the detail that he managed to pull off is staggering i feel like that's that could be explained with a simple line something like he's been observing us the whole time you know oh, something holy shit be- that would have been beautiful because he moriarty specific is who i'm talking about when i say he yes moriarty yes. is interfaced with the computer system and even though they've stopped the simulation if they if he's figured out a way to be kind of running on the background and just like observing a little bit at a time because that is a huge sin how did he know the different people who worked there to make it familiar Mm -hmm. um their rotations all that stuff like you mentioned that definitely is a sin and it but if they had put that line in it could have been explained but they didn't do that i I guess i guess he could have pulled it from the computer logs and yeah quickly too because he's a computer program well exactly but he doesn't have access to that stuff until he has picard but he's online he took over the He's ship in the, in the first episode. So he is part yeah, of the ship. He shouldn't have needed Picard's access codes. Something happened Anyway, there. really, because he's already managed to tie in Data, Picard, and Barclay's comm, comm badges mm-hmm. into the program. He's managed to do a lot without command codes. The only thing that's different is that he can stop navigation, I guess. Anyway, he he manages to pull off a lot within minutes because Barclay leaves the holodeck, goes to engineering, and within like five or ten minutes, he's like, "It's go time, guys." Back. So it's go I think time. That, that line would have been great. That well, actually, yeah, I have been conscious and I've been awake the entire four years, and I've been watching you, motherfuckers, and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> I have been ready. Planning this. He's been thinking about it years. for a long time. Yeah, Some, I love it. Something else that I thought was sinful is um, Reg, aka Barkley. Um, <laughs> Good old Reg. He goes in and he to run this diagnostic check first of all this is a multiple multiple sins going on at once here first of all any time the holodeck <laughs> has been acting up since moriarty should be taken very seriously like oh 100 after yep. that incident of creating an accidental life form inside <laughs> that already took over the ship once uh-huh if anyone goes in if there's any glitch at all it should be like level whatever level one system there needs to be a massive uh like we're shutting them all down 
How did this happen? Yeah, stop playing with holodecks. Stop playing with holograms until we know they aren't fucking sentient. <laughs> sentient or that Moriarty hasn't woken up. Like that should be, they're really trusting their computer system to have like put this one on pause. That said, for sure, the sin is absolutely that little old Barkley who went to go run a diagnostic check on the anomaly sequence or whatever for the prote- found a protected memory sequence and just simply says, unlock sequence and <laughs> run on. program that's all right. he says there's no security code needed to unlock moriarty uh-huh. it's just a simple little do 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 and then he appears <laughs> Put it out of archive so it's pretty clear that no one was taking moriarty moriarty seriously the program seriously his sentient seriously mm-hmm. which is a totally other you know sin on well that, the- well, that was my next sin mm-hmm. yeah because they did like, they his- obviously weren't taking him very seriously they his program shouldn't be in the ship anymore. It should be back at Starfleet HQ. Uh-huh. If they were serious about studying it, send that shit on a USB drive and post it off. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Like, the fact that he wakes up in the holodeck, he would have been like, well, shit, why am I still here? Clearly, you, you're not taking this seriously. They're, they're like, Picard, you know, he didn't really forget his promise. It's like, like hell, he didn't forget. This, of course he of forgot. Of course he forgot. <laughs> like, like he's been assimilated by the Borg since then. I'm amazed the Borg didn't turn up and say, hey, we want this program. We, want we know you have it. He's fucking smart. We mm-hmm. want to assimilate him into our collective. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is massively dickish that there is no status update just because you assume that he's unconscious. Like You put him into a coma with the ability to wake him up, but didn't. Not for like a monthly update, a six-monthly update. Nothing. You do nope. not respect this person nope. as a life form. Nope. nope. Like, and that's just they never address that. Nope. But it is one hundred percent true. They they are just happy that he isn't causing trouble anymore. Like, let's, let's... They deserve everything that happens in this episode. We're gonna just be clear. It took the writers this long to figure out how to deal with it. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you know. Yes. They've... I probably would have bugged them. Like, they're you like... don't want lower decks to deal with this one. Oh, we want to fuck... fix it. Oh fuck, guys. <laughs> Like we we made Shit. life, we made a big problem. We got to write ourselves out of this corner, and it took them yeah. a while to do it. Um, oh, that's so funny. I think if we were going to be sending the series, and we send this episode after sending the first episode, we would resend the map or the picture of the ship coming out of the holodeck again because it's mm. just it, it it continues to be one that bothers me from the last episode where they're inside the holodeck. Moriarty draws something on a piece of paper that exists inside the holodeck, and then Jordi and Data leave the holodeck with said paper not disappearing. And mm. that becomes a really evident sin again from the first episode. So I would resin that moment 100%. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah to- totally agree. Because it like came that, back and it was just really bugging no me. Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, so there's another one that's really going to annoy you. We watched an episode called The Big Goodbye. And this is when we find Picard, Beverly, Data, and the 21st century historian go to the holodeck to play Dixon Hill. Okay. And they get kidnapped by mobsters. The historian gets shot. And do you remember this episode? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The safety protocol was busted. And so he's actually dying of a gunshot wound. Yeah. Exactly. And then the two holograms at the end of the episode walk off the holodeck. Yeah, they do. And it takes them about 30 seconds to dissolve. So it's just... it. Can we get some consistency? Consistency, please. They Mm -hmm. wanted the dramatic thing of my legs are dissolving. You can't do this to Cyrus Redblock. Mm -hmm. Can't believe I remembered his name. Shit, that's his real name. Cyrus Redblock. Okay, we need to send. I'm sure uh, that was his name. You know, just dings in the chat of the live (laughs) show for Ian remembering that ding. Ding. I mean, for Um, being a nerd. (laughs) 
Nerd. Nerd. Uh, yeah, no, I, man, just all of that, all of the shit is great. Have we started complimenting the show again? Bollocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I only have one more big sin, and that's, it's just command codes, people. It shouldn't take a sequence of words. It should take a thumbprint, a retina scan, voice recognition. <laughs> like, data is just like, the fuck, dude? I had to do an impeccable Picard accent in order to take hold of the ship three years ago. Now Moriarty can do it just because he has the fucking words? Like, Picard shouldn't be worried at all. He should be like, oh, it doesn't matter that I gave him my code because I say that shit out loud all of the time and it doesn't matter. It it should take a lot more. It really should. It should take a lot more. Fail on you. Sins on you. Anything else, Ambassador? I don't know if this is actually a sin or not. I There's... So when Moriarty takes Picard to... or Picard takes Moriarty to Ten Forward to reveal to him that he is not on a ship on the sea, but he's actually a ship in the stars. Moriarty sets him up by saying, "What sea? Uh, what sea do we sail upon?" Um, I love that so much. I, I'd like to go. I'd like to go to the top of the ship, um, and then mm-hmm. he kind of cleverly goes, "Weather permitting, of course." Yep. <laughs> Which was such a fun line. It's even better when you know that he already knows he's on a starship. Yes. He they knows. they get to ten forward. They're sitting down. They're having their conversation, and and Moriarty is essentially kind of pitching to him, like, now that I exist in the real world, which he already knows he doesn't. Now that I exist in the mm-hmm. real world, what am I going to do with myself? And he kind of begins to lay out his plot, and he's laying it on thick. He moves really quickly from like, how am I going to educate myself to I'm lonely already within like thirty seconds, and I just uh-huh. that super quick. I feel like that maybe maybe Picard doesn't know Moriarty very well maybe he's having an existential crisis mm. immediately you know all these different things I and mean, because Moriarty even tricked him to taking to see Beverly Crusher and Beverly's like yeah he's got organs and shit guys yep. so he there's no one that's that's that takes a second and not even Picard himself to go how did a computer program grow organs after walking out of a ship like there's not this yeah I feel like Picard would have many moments where he would be like, this is real. Something is wrong here. Seeing is believing, I guess, but it shouldn't be. But You're it's right, like he it has be. organs. Uh-huh. And, and then he says, Picard's like, well, I'll get you some books so that you can, you know, read and you can learn. At no point he's like, oh, you were a computer gram- program who absorbed information from the computer like t- two hours mm-hmm. ago. So I don't know. There's. There's a leap there that I'm glad There's that we make leap. because it again yeah. it, it makes the reveal Picard believe so then we the audience believe which makes the reveal so much more yeah. sweet. But I wrote that down and I was like, oh, wait, so he has organs now? Like, how does that work? And now mm-hmm. I know why. But the sin is still you have this beautifully intelligent captain and a fucking android, and no <laughs> one's going like, how do no you have organs? <laughs> You've just said this literally defies the laws of physics and you didn't and in the next breath just accepted that it happened. It's like listen to the words that are coming out mm-hmm. of your mouth. But yeah. it's and I, I can't tell if it's just like how good the holodeck is at fooling our senses and tricking us and to, you always have to think critically. Mm-hmm. In like this is a great life lesson is do not believe what is what is said to you and what is put in front of you? You question never know everything. Well, just question everything if, intelligently. If we had like a sinner's motto, that's what it would be. Yeah. Like for question sinners, everything. it'd be a question everything. Totally, yeah. even the dumb stuff. Even the dumb um, stuff. Even our show. It, <laughs> even our own show. Like there's going to be a podcast at some point that's nitpicking our episodes, oh, and that's just a, a, a yeah, meta thing yeah. I'm not ready for. Um, anything else, ambassador? Yeah, I did. I did have another thing that I thought was a little bit uh, hard to believe, and that is. 
So um, Picard, inside the simulation, before realizing that he is in a simulation, um, realizes that Moriarty has taken over control of the ship, at least in their little mm. universe. He thinks he's taken over control of the ship. And he goes and he has a meeting with Moriarty and where Moriarty basically says, I'm going to give you some time to figure this out, but not a lot. And then he comes mm-hmm. back down to engineering and he goes to to Jordy LaForge, the fake Jordy LaForge, mm-hmm. and says, um, I need you to figure out how Moriarty took control of the ship. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, now? Like, why wasn't <laughs> this the first question? Is, is that not a given? How like, is this an afterthought? <laughs> thumb up your ass? Like, Somebody has yeah, taken over your ship and you go and have like a several other conversations and then... S- <laughs> Circle back to that. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. That's a given. I, I, uh-huh. I felt like Picard was a little dumb in this one. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I know I do agree. Um, I, it's, yeah, but I, I mean, it was perfect. I'm glad they did it. Every single thing they did is so beautiful when you watch it a second time and you know who is real and who's talking to who. And I just, I love how polite Picard is to fake Geordie. Like, oh, if you just, just excuse us, chief engineer. And Geordie's like, okay, see you later. I've just been told I don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's just like i don't uh, know how to process that that's um, so funny i do have another one too i really felt like they just oh. skipped over the uncoupling of the heisenberg a little bit too much for me like so picard, no, the, picard the, realizes that they're in a simulation and so he creates uh-huh. another simulation inside the simulation correct with a fake Riker, fake wharf fake everybody uh-huh and somehow that i don't understand how that worked i need to watch this episode so, a couple more times but i feel like so because they're beaming moriarty out of the holodeck to keep the ruse going they created that holodeck inside moriarty's holodeck Mm -hmm. so the one when he and then when he communicates with the ship they've tied that arch into the other program so he's talking to a fake riker and geordie about uncoupling the heisenberg compensators that picard and data have programmed to agree and say yep that's going to work we'll beam you out so they're using a fake transporter to beam them out which is he could have said anything you need to ungoose the chickens and the Riker would have been like oh yeah that'll work let's do that because it's a fake Riker that's beaming him into safety so if there was ever a podcast about all the techno babble it should be called (laughs) uncoupling the Heisenberg because it's bullshit I think there already is I think there's already a Heisenberg based um, podcast that's amazing okay okay yeah Um, there's a great episode where Riker is tricking like the Ferengi kidnap the Enterprise and they say, Riker, you need to tell us how to work this ship because we haven't got a clue. And he stalls by just making up a ton of shit. And he's like, so you do know what a Heisenberg Fritz and Flop is? And he's like, yeah, of course I do. But can you explain it to me? <laughs> he's like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. And just wastes a day of their time by just explaining techno babble. It's so good. Uh, I have no other sin. That's I it love for me this too. Episode. It's a great it episode. It's been a joy to watch you watch this episode (laughs) and react to it it's so good beautiful with that thank you for listening everyone i am going to no i'm not i need to tell you what episode we're watching next week um we're going to be watching the quality of life which is another tng episode and another data centric one that has been mentioned in lower deck so it'll be interesting to get the ambassador's opinion what's the season and episode on the quality of life season six episode nine the quality of life okay so that's your homework for next week. Um, thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. But until then, I'm going to go above deck, weather permitting. And I'm going to look into Transport Log 759. Oh, nice. Live long and pod spell. Thanks for listening. 
Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Did I just see the thumbnail with Moriarty? Did I just see the <laughs> thumbnail with Moriarty? It went by so fast because I just clicked on it and went, go, is that Moriarty? Ian? You may have seen a thumbnail. Ian, was that Moriarty? You may have Ian! seen a thumbnail. Let's watch it. Let's go. How cool would it be to live through a murder mystery like that on the holodeck? I'm trying to listen to the show. Sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> He's on the fucking ship. He's on the ship. He's on the fucking ship. <laughs> I love that. Oh so my much. god, that's amazing. That's so fucking cool. I didn't oh, expect it's so that. Cool. It's rare for like something to surprise you in a show like this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. He's just gonna walk onto the sh- onto the ship just because he thinks and therefore he is. You know. Yeah. He, he exists and therefore is that he is. Therefore is yeah. He thinks this, and therefore says yes. Is are they all on the holodeck? <gasps> are they all on the holodeck? <laughs> no fucking way! It's so good. Oh my god, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> that's so fucking it's cool. So, it's so cool. Oh it's my so god, clever. I love this episode. It's oh so, my so good. god. Oh my god, he never fucking left the holodeck. Of course. Of course. Of course he never left the holodeck. It <laughs> all makes could. sense now. I've it's been impossible. so fucking confused. I've been writing down <laughs> notes like, how does this work? And blah, blah, blah. And it got me. It fucking got me. It so got me. <laughs> Moriarty trapped him, man. He fucking got him good. Uh-huh. He's so clever. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> They're still on the holodeck. They're still on the hol. They're all in a simulation. This is all a simulation. Start the funny business now. Start it. Start it now. Start the funny. I like how it's like we, we Danae, Don't be funny until the microphone is live. <laughs> like oh, just put a pause on that shit. It is not being recorded. It's not. You don't. Yeah, it's not you can't. It. You can be funny in other ways, kinda, but it only really matters when <laughs> you're recording. So stop. Do you want to hear a really wacky Star Trek story? Mm, yes. <laughs> Man, if you said no, that would have sucked. Thought, okay, I guess we do a different show today then, because we don't talk about Star well, Trek. Well, I all. mean, last episode was entirely a crumpet episode, so we're we're clearly shifting to like a food podcast <laughs> where. Where food oh, meets yeah, okay. Star Trek. Food Trek. Taste Trek? You could, oh, Taste Trek. I, that's great, but that that might get confused with like a mountaineering show. Like we go on a hike and find different food. <laughs> yeah, if uh-huh. we like find food in the, the uh-huh. forest while we're trekking That's foraging and stuff. Trek. Yeah. It's different. Foraging yeah, Trek. I think Taste Damn Trek it. is it. I don't know why um, you're like just not going with that fucking brilliant like idea. Anyway, oh, yeah. your story. I did get my mum 
a Star Trek cookbook once, and it was based on Neelix's recipes Aww. from Voyager. And she's like, I can't make any of this. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, you're going to love this wild, wild, wild story. I've been waiting until we covered an episode adjacent to it, but I don't know if we ever will. So in season one, they couldn't decide on who the chief engineer was going to be. They didn't really, they had multiple chief engineers. So they had this lady engineer, they had a couple of male engineers, and a few of them were like, were named. And one episode in particular, we actually, it's, I f- no, we have seen this episode. This is in Data Law, and it's chief engineer Argyle, and he has like the beard. So he was helping Geordie assemble um yeah he was helping Geordie assemble law and when they're in with like beverly he's assisting beverly as well i think it no it may have been he was assisting beverly not Geordie. and he's saying that we need to open up data in order to get inside him and see how law works anyway he's called chief engineer argyle and he suddenly disappears and we never ever see him again the reason we never see him again is because Paramount received a ton of fan letters saying, we love Chief Engineer Argyle, we love this actor, he should be the series regular, he's brilliant. The problem is, these letters came before the episode aired. Oh my god! (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So it turns out that the actor got all of his friends and family... And other people to send in letters saying he's the best. We love him. Oh my Please make him God. a series regular. But sent them way in too way early. too soon. Yeah. So he got he got super duper you fired. Because like, grandma's, how, how do grandma's know not gonna good? remember to wait to send that that Of course not. I mean, it's exactly how we promote podcasts, but it's not how you manage to get like series regular on Star Trek. Oh my god! I, and he wasn't bad. He he was perfectly fine. Um, I think they didn't want like another Scottish person, like because they had Scotty in the original series, so we didn't want the stereotype of can I take any more can that, and they don't want to have somebody working for them that's just going to be leaking the show. Yeah, that too. Yeah, perhaps that's <laughs> so an important funny. thing. To not do. Oh, oh my gosh, that's it's so funny. It's one of funny. my favourite stories. It's so funny. All the letters turn up. I was like, yeah, this is great. Amazing feedback. How have they seen the episode? <laughs> so have you had a good Christmas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ambassador. Yeah, it's been very, very busy. I did something new. Um, I've been experimenting the last couple of years with not being part of the planning as much and just... <laughs> I thought you were going to say not being part of the family. <laughs> just, I leave for two weeks over Christmas. I'm just not there. I go away. To the mountains for Taste Trek. Anyways, anyways, how are you? How was your holiday? I want to know how yours was. We watched so many movies and we watched an episode of the original series of Star Trek. We just kind of like picked one at random. And this one, it... This is one of the reasons we we probably shouldn't watch the original series because they hadn't, and it's one of the beauties of it as well, they hadn't put any rules in place. So the Enterprise is coming up against, well, they're coming into this star system and all of the life has been wiped out of it and they haven't got a clue why. And suddenly they get hit with this massive energy beam and (laughs) Spock, bless him, says, Captain, that hit us with the power of 90 photon torpedoes. Oh, like, you, um, wait, what? what? <laughs> 90 photon torpedoes. And then Scotty comes in and says, yeah, our shields are down to 20%. <laughs> wait, what? How did they not blow you out of space? How weak are your torpedoes? Or 
like how strong are your shields like 90 torpedoes that's insane that instantly makes all of the torpedo scenes so torpedo scenes seem less impactful yeah exactly it's like incoming torpedo oh it doesn't matter like that's like 90 of them and it gets it gets better because i was like right okay so there's 20 percent of the shields left that means well that means you can take another one of these hits and then you're pretty much going to be out of action but that that's wild anyway spock chirps back in and says we can take three more hits like that and then we're in trouble i was like what what's what that doesn't even work as internal math, let alone <laughs> like whatever torpedo rules you're bullshitting now. How does how does how does so, that make so any sense? You're watching this with your parent with your family on the holidays and, yeah, and this yeah, yeah, yeah. is are you mm-hmm. guys pausing it and having this conversation? Yeah, me and dad looked at each other and we were just like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like it is a long time since either of us have seen this episode and we're just like, huh? Huh? Yeah. That's weird. Huh. And then Kirk is like, can we outrun it? And Sulu says, it's Sulu or Scotty, one of them says, it's the weapon is coming at us at a speed of warp 15. <laughs> what, no, what, what do you mean warp 15? No, warp 15 doesn't exist. That's not a thing. And weapons can't travel that fast. What? We haven't even got to the cold open yet. And the Star Trek rulebook has just been thrown out the window. It's just, nah, fuck that shit. Warp 15. Shields don't matter. The hull is stronger than the shields. It's fine. This is great. It's just <laughs> insane. Did you ever have that thing happen to you in school where, you know, someone was like, your epidermis is showing? Oh, that just means skin because right, being but a smart when ass. you're young enough, you don't know what epidermis <sighs> means. And so you're like, it is. And you're just like kind of embarrassed and you don't know why. Did you ever have that, you someone kind of do that to you? down to you. No, mm. um, I never had that one. What we did have was, oh, you appear to be masticating very loudly. Mm-hmm. And our mm-hmm. science teacher knew exactly what he was doing when he taught us what mastication meant instead of masturbation. Um, yes, so masticating was the word of the day um, at school quite the often. The more um, you know. I'm trying to fucking drink my coffee. Hold on. <laughs> hey, no, your epidermis is showing. Deal with We're, that first. I have this new mug. As you can see, I'm struggling. Uh-huh. And the, it's open, but I can't get a flow of coffee. And I'm not sure why. Maybe, oh, no. maybe it's just I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. Are you worried that you're gonna get too much flow? What's the what's the what's the liquid version of mastication? Uh, because that's what I'm struggling with. That's that's what I'm having. I can chew have, just fine, but apparently drinking is a problem. If you have to masticate your liquids, that there's something wrong with them. Probably too salty. That's why you I, have said, to that's why I said what's the that's that's why I said what's the liquid version of mastication? I didn't say it's just drinking. Oh my gosh. I want to try to mimic your voice and it's hard. I can't get your I can't get your accent down very well. Ugh, someday. someday. I do have a very generic odd accent. Not from where people think I'm from. He's not from where people think he's from. No, I'm so also I can't not do it. from I can't do that. as wherever as posh as Danae's. You you'd my be the one boxing up the presents. Posh. It's really posh. It's you'd be boxing posh. up all of the presents for all of the, the servants that you're That's you exactly have. right. I've given them all the day off today. <laughs> Um, sci-fi. You actually sound like Vexolia from oh, from you. Critical Role. Thank you so yeah. much. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's me. Uh, that odd moment when Danae's English accent makes Ian sound like he's faking it. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It genuinely does. It sounds like I'm putting it on because yours is so authentic and, no, and convincing. I sound like not, um. But mine's not authentic. I didn't realize it was so posh until I met you, and you told me that if if I had an accent like that, where I would be from in England, we wouldn't even be friends. 
No, no, I would want to be friends with you, but our social circles would have never it's crazy. overlapped. I don't. Like, it's, it's wild. I've been pretending to have this accent since I was six. Uh, I heard it on TV, and I've been working on it. It's not great. It's not the best accent, but I can I can fake it. And what was really awkward was when I met Ian's family. They wanted me to keep talking in this accent, which I can do for my Dungeons and Dragons campaign <laughs> because I gave one of my my characters, you know, as the DM, I gave one of my characters this accent, and I could I could talk like that in my game but put me on the spot where i'm completely surrounded by english people and it was very uncomfortable and then i do another character called bowl of noodles which is a di- like a, a slightly different take on on my version of an english accent and they all wanted me to do that a couple times too and i was really shy which was so weird <laughs> i'm like no, I, don't bowl know. Of noodles. I don't know if i want to do the bowl of noodles and then my mom did it <laughs> she <laughs> did <laughs> I've got something in the bin. It's a little bowl of noodles. I'm just the smallest little bowl of noodles and somebody threw me in the bin and I'm all alone. (laughs) Just because you uh, don't watch the show live with us, um, you can always send your questions into us. We have captainspod at cinemasense.com is our email. You can also send in your tweets to at captainspodcs on Twitter. So please don't think that you're not a part of the show. If there's something that you want us to address or ask, you can always send it in and we can put it into the show in the future. Mail it in. Fax it to us. <laughs> yeah, fax it. Sci-Fi Brony says, can we get a Doctor Who show? Oh, get it. Yes. That would, I mean, I'd say it would be me and Dicer, but Aaron has seen all of New Who. So it would be me getting Aaron into old Doctor Who, probably. Um, there's so I would love to do a Doctor Who show. I really would. Don't start with Blink, Ian. That's how I made sure my girls are scared of Doctor Who. Oh my Who. goodness. Yeah, huh? That's what, a terrifying Blink episode? episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, Blink is an episode. So these statues chase after you, but you have to stare at them. And whenever they can only move when they're not being looked at. And that's just a terrifying concept. Jeez. So as soon as you turn your back on them, they're, they're on you. That sounds Ugh. like the Mario in those little, little ghost castles where if you face the ghost, they stop. And then if you turn away, they come towards you. Yeah, yeah! That's, it's exactly the same concept. And it's the <laughs> freaking scariest thing. Uh, Rando says, Blink scared me even though I watched it in the afternoon in broad daylight. Uh, oh, I yeah. Should I watch that episode? I'm, yeah. I'm oddly intrigued now. And I don't usually oh, enjoy so scary ones. So maybe. Yeah, but, but I, I don't, don't know. know that it would scare you, but it's it's a good episode. It's a great place to start. Um, Here's one from eights from earlier in the show. I think, Ian, you pinned this one. New York City person fact. We all get a set time once in our <laughs> life to have to stare at the Statue of Liberty just so she doesn't move. This is referring back to Blink because the... The aliens in Blink, uh, they look like statues and they're like, they're angels. They're like angely gargoyle things and they kind of look like the Statue of Liberty. So yeah, one, it's like jury service. Each person has to stare at the Statue of Liberty so that it doesn't move. Oh, that's funny. It's, uh, I like that. It's I kind of love that. Book. I love that. I love that. Uh, I wonder which has more episodes, Star Trek or Doctor Who? Well, we could look it up. I'm guessing uh, Star Trek. I can Trek. tell you now it's Star Trek. Because it's been um, on longer, yeah? So um, Doctor Who cheats a little bit because its adventures were split into four episodes and they were like 20 minutes long. So, But I think even if you included episodes, Star Trek would still outnumber Doctor Who. So Google claims that there have been 869 episodes of Star Trek. Thank you for looking that up, Steve, not Reeves. And then also Slab says... Uh, as mm. of the 23rd of October, 2022, 871 episodes of Doctor Who have aired, concluding the 13th series. This includes one television movie and multiple specials and encompasses 300 stories over 39 seasons, starting in 1963, says Bing. 
thing so there's a 300 stories thing that is crucial because each story is about an hour long which equates roughly to an episode of star trek so in terms of like length star trek definitely beats out doctor who uh here's one from jcd fun fact fun star trek fact enterprise is the only one from at least the first five series that had its entire bridge cast stay on like on for the next season wow yeah throughout and mm. i think jcd is being a bit no okay no no no. you're right because Chekhov doesn't appear until season two and technically they changed the entire bridge crew other than spock in from the pilot so yeah i guess that's right voyager and oh, i guess voyager the first officer dies in the first episode so I guess that's that's true. Enterprise. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, no, no, Audience, that's true. Please Someone stand dies by there. while You're Ian right. decides Sorry. whether or not someone's Confirmed. right or not. <laughs> Confirmed. You are you are right. It's um, funny. Discovery, I would argue, because they change ships, but I guess they 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 have some. Cap- yeah. Okay. I'll let you have that, JCD. How, I'll let you have it. He says, even though you did your research, JCD. <laughs> Ian, the captain, is uh, very possessive of of factual information. Apparently. Here's one from Link, Ian. How is your wild RP character coming along? Mm, should I? Should I? So for those who I think everybody in the chat should have at least known of wild RP and knows how embedded Danae is in that beautiful universe, um, I will be joining at some point in the new year with Victor as well. Once I sort out some some demanding PC issues, the computer core needs an upgrade. <laughs> um, shall I give them the name of my wild RP character? Of course, if they want to know. I mean, I, I think everybody wants to know. If you've got it all figured out and you want to share it, you should super share it. So I'm not convinced I'll be streaming this character, but you might see him pop up on Danae's stream. Um, it is an English teacher called George Francis George Weatherbottom. Um, just usually goes by Mr. Weatherbottom or George. Um, and yeah, I'm still discovering him, finding his voice and figuring out why I know why he's in, um, why he's in the universe, just figuring out what his goals are and, and how he's going to interact with it. But yeah, he, his goal is to go to the, the wild west and bring literature and culture to these heathen Americans that have, have left the colonies and are currently living in, in deserty sin. Oh, I can't wait to, to show him. Imagine an English teacher meeting Babs. I just want to say it's potentially going to be delightful. <laughs> um, let's see. I did like this comment from Sci-Fi Brony who says this is one of the least self-contained episodes through uh, uh, through the the series, and I think that you're yeah, right. No, you're right. It's so good. You're right. I like yeah, that comment. I think a lot. they they do a good job of getting you in there, but yeah, you it does benefit from having knowledge, definitely. This message was uh, from Slab during the show. It says, would take them years. This is about Moriarty and his lovely countess. It would take them years to reach a planet anyway in that shuttle. Computer just needs to simulate empty space until they die of old age. (laughs) (laughs) That's so dark. (laughs) The shuttle does have warp drive. It is a warp capable shuttle. Is it? Um, But yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are. Um, So yeah, no, no. I told that would be super dark. Just like, hey, suffer. (laughs) Spend the next decades in space. Okay, this one was from Slab also. It said, combo episode, Rakatopia plus Captain's Pot equals first contact. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the best TNG movie. Man, that'd be let's really fun. Go. We should ask him if oh. we can do a crossover episode. That'd be kind of yeah. fun. We, we maybe the same episode on both platforms in that way. Oh, that'd be so, awesome. Something like that. Yeah. That's a great idea. That'd be really fun. Link asks this. Who is the best villain in Star Trek, in your opinion? Maybe Moriarty. Like, it could be Moriarty. As a species, it's the Borg um, for me. Uh, or the Romulans. Um, I I don't know. Like 
Um, uh, there's a great Romulan captain, um, oh, Tomalok, but he's a little bit mustache twirly. He's a little bit obviously villainous. Um, Moriarty is just super. He's, I like intelligent villains. I really do. I, I think he is my favorite. That or Q, because Q is intelligent but lazy, mm. and that's a dangerous combination. I think it's lore for me um, mm. because he scares the shit out of me, and I think a villain oh, needs sure. to scare you more. There's something about Moriarty that is also scary. Both of them are computer programs. So that's interesting yeah, no, to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've created them. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. <laughs> I wonder if Ian would know this. When did humanity first meet the Andorians? Uh, well, we haven't yet because the Andorians aren't real, JCD. We live in 2023 and it hasn't. Great, great. Barclay, says sci mm. has uh, very clearly has anxiety. And this was so important to me in realizing a few years ago that I myself have anxiety. Oh, that's a really interesting character trait. I did not know. Oh, so it doesn't really come up in this episode too much because it's season six. He's had a bit more development. But his initial thing was he is competent but paralyzed with anxiety. And they That's so initially fascinating. Assume, I love that. They initially assume that he's lazy. But it's not. He just avoids conflict. He doesn't apply himself because he's terrified. Oh, that's so. That's such a great personality trait to have on display. Mm, it's so great, and it's. I have a very similar similar story as well. Kind he of helped relatable. me realize that you can have a use and a purpose, even though you're not as outgoing and mm-hmm. and forward as some people are. So yeah, Barkley is super important for representation i did not realize that i'm glad you said that sci-fi brony thank you for that comment um any kind of like character insight is really interesting to me because i lack a lot of the context that a lot of trek fans have from Mm. you know obviously watching the material a lot so i like that that thank you for bringing that up this was an interesting one from link um i wonder if it would even work if they tried to do it again with the same line or would it produce a different result so this is trying to recreate moriarty so would the same was it just like a set of fluke circumstances or can you just speak that line and it all happens again? So I love that thought. I don't know. Maybe, it, I mean, obviously it did because we get the Countess, but maybe it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't, maybe it would need those certain circumstances for it to happen. It's, they know so little about how it happened. Um, yeah, it's a good, good point. A uh, question from Slab, what color uniform are you wearing on the Enterprise D? Gold, blue or red? Red. In the command division? Yeah. I'm going to go blue. Nice in the sciences. I'm gonna go or into medicine. sciences and medicine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it, love it. Love I will it, love murder it. my opponents. Wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, 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 <gasps> no, no, no. Me, it's the opposite. Me as a villain. Oh my goodness. What do you mean, you as a villain? You, you are the villain. Exactly. Exactly. From Slab, Ian. I'm one to admit when you're right. They left on a Type Seven shuttle, which is warp capable. I bow to your superior intellect. Thank you. I'm not going to pretend I knew that that was a Type 7 shuttle, but I did know it was a warp-capable shuttle. Um, so yes. You, I love that you Googled it and was going to say, no, it's actually a Type 2 shuttle. They're not warp-capable. And I would have had to bow to your intellect, sir. Um, <laughs> on this day, we gambled and, and I won. But next time, it could be you. Captain's Pod, Stardate 61-22-62.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take... T- t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leaf from <laughs> Surely. Hey, hey. Take a shore leaf out of my book. <laughs> shore leaves. Uh they they come from the tree right out yep. of the beach. Yeah. Calm fronds. <laughs> Sorry. 